listening to the coffee hour i'm andy bates sarah's out today she'll be back with us soon good lord willing and we are excited to share with you about some great music right here on kfuo thanks to concordia university wisconsin for your support of the coffee hour find out more about concordia university wisconsin at cuw.edu live uncommon joining me today is bobby schrader his pianist and just uh, an amazing uh, church musician talented musician and you've probably heard some of his music here on kfuo some wonderful piano music and we are just delighted to have bobby with us bobby thanks so much for being our guest on the coffee hour good morning and thank you so much andy it's a, a joy to have you with us and uh, your publisher and producer along with us today daniel burroughs daniel thank you so much for joining us on the coffee hour today well, thank you very much. We're happy to be here. So, Bobby, share with us your story. Um, where did your music story begin? What, when did music begin to have a place in your life? Andy, I remember somewhere around second grade, uh, a couple of girls in my class, and I was raised in a little bitty country town. Uh, they started taking piano lessons, and oh my goodness, I realized I wanted, I wanted to learn to play piano, but I lived on a dairy farm, and my folks didn't have uh, the ability to, to buy a piano. And I kept wanting that desire, wanting that desire. And I remember in uh, fifth grade, the Lord brought a pastor and his wife. Uh, they were missionaries in Nigeria to our little bitty church. And I truly believe the Lord brought them there just for me. Uh, the pastor's wife was a really good organist. And oh my goodness, I wanted to play like Mrs. Meissner. And and at the same time, I had a fifth grade teacher in school that was a church pianist and she would play and she made the comment once in a class that she would go into her living room every night and play the piano in the dark and just in case she lost her sight. And uh, later on in, in our interview today, I'll tell you how that made an impact on me. But when I was in eighth grade, I uh, showed a hog in the county fair and won reserve champion and sold that hog for $450 and used that money to buy an old upright reconditioned piano and started taking lessons going in ninth grade. And I just continued. That's all I did was play. And I went to Concordia, Austin and studied for six years there with two different degrees, but really honed my skill as an organist. Uh, and hymns have just been a part of my life. I was raised Lutheran and my mom was Southern Baptist, so I went to both churches, so I got exposed to both styles of music, and I'm comfortable in traditional hymnody and Southern gospel hymns as well. I, you know, making that connection from, uh, you know, raising that hog yourself, I, I feel like if you wrote an autobiography, it, it, maybe it should be called From Pigs to Piano, you think? <laughs> you know, it, it could be because that had a profound effect, impact on my life. I mean, it really did. <laughs> I remember my dad would take me, we had to drive 30 miles to the nearest town of like 15,000 that had a, a piano instructor, piano teacher. And he would sit out in the car and smoke his cigarettes while I would go in and, and take a lesson. And uh, I remember early on my teacher, I advanced pretty quickly because I was so made. God just gave to me the gift of playing, but 
I learned also to play by ear and my teacher would play some of these complex things that she said, I know you can't play these. Well, the next week I'd go back and play them because I played them really by ear. And uh, she called them pretty quickly that I was faking my way through some of that music, but thank the Lord for her because she was quite a disciplinarian and she really then got tough on me um, and made me, you know, technically learn to play the music and read the music. But uh, probably what maybe impacted me the most was uh, two things. The I changed teachers in 11th grade, the Baptist church in the nearby town that I would go to on Sunday nights. They had a minister of music. I'd never heard of that term. And his wife was, oh, my goodness, she was like a honky-tonk pianist. But she could play hymns like nobody's business. And I would just sit up there and watch her play. And uh, one night I asked her, would she teach me how to play hymns like she does? And she said, I would love to do that. And so the next two years, I just focused on hymns, every kind of hymn, how to improvise, how to embellish. And by the time I went to Austin, I'd never had an organ lesson. But uh, our pastor and his wife that came, you know, when in fifth grade, they took me to Concordia, Austin, you know, three hours away. I'd never been exposed to church music or any of the Concordias. I mean, our church worshipped about 40 people. And uh, I went to two spring musicals that they took me to, and it just opened up my whole world. And, um, you know, then I, I go to Concordia Austin, and the rest is kind of history. <laughs> so you had great teachers along the way. You fell in love with hymns. What was it that you loved about hymns, um, especially on piano, that was that was so intriguing to you? <laughs> well, Andy, honestly, I'm... I love hymns on the organ just as much because mm-hmm. every week when I sit down to play, if it's a traditional service, I don't know. I, I just sit down with one of the hymns of the day or one of the hymns that's the theme that day, and I don't plan it. It's just on-the-spot improvisation. So I'm just as comfortable on the organ. I mean, I love the power of the organ. I love being able to play the melody and the pedals on the organ. Uh, but piano... Years ago, and after I got out of college, you know, I could play all the toccata and fugue and all the big bop pieces on the organ, the recital kind of pieces. And, you know, if I'd play any of those kind of pieces in church, there really was never any reaction to those. And part of me almost felt like I was performing those pieces. Here's another big piece that Bobby can play. And I don't know. One day I just started playing hymns as pre-service on the piano, and I started getting such a reaction from congregational members that we've just never heard a hymn played like that. And I don't use any of the usual chords. My progressions are, you know, against the grain on every hymn I play. And, uh, but I learned how to make hymns more accessible to the congregation because I truly believe most of the hymns in our hymnal are keyed too high for today's people it wasn't 50 or 60 years ago and more people were trained in their singing, but today less and less people are trained. And, and I want them to still sing hymns and I want it to be truly accessible. So every hymn I play, I usually lower it a key or step and a half makes it more single. And uh, I don't know the hymns, I'll, they form a style in me. When I start playing a hymn, 
it just progresses. And it, this, we've got this Yamaha 76, uh, it's a semi concert grand piano. We bought about six years ago at church and, Truly, I have played pianos all over the city. I played in some of the best churches with organs and pianos. And this piano, I don't believe there's another piano in the world that equals the quality of this piano. And every time I start playing, it truly just takes me on a journey. Okay, I didn't feel that. I didn't know that was coming. But between the Holy Spirit and this piano, it just takes me places I never dreamed. When you first started, when you were first introduced to organ and started learning organ, was it intimidating uh, with uh, with all the additional features of an organ? <laughs> well, yes. You know, Andy, I play, learned to play on this little Baldwin, uh, very small organ in this church. It was a decent organ, really, for a church that small. I remember going to, moving to Concordia, Austin, and next connected to the campus there is St. Paul's Lutheran Church. Now, Concordia has now moved. But I remember going, they always had an opening day service for Concordia that started the school year. And it was a big, grand service. And Andy, I had never heard a pipe organ. And I remember walking in, it was like a cathedral a gorgeous sanctuary i'd never even been in a sanctuary like this and I remember turning around and i didn't even know what those pipes were <laughs> i mean talking about a boy that was raised out in the country went lived in a town of about 400 and nothing around us had a pipe organ and i turned around when the organ started playing that and i i, I just couldn't believe how grand and glorious and then how powerful it was and okay, I, this is where I'm going to worship. I have got to be able to practice and learn on this organ. And so I, I never even had an organ lesson. I didn't know how to play pedals correctly. And my organ professor said, oh my goodness, we've got so many habits to break with you. And uh, <laughs> well, he had his work cut out. So I mean, he made me just take pedal lessons, you know, with wearing shoes. I've never worn shoes, you know. Um, and so just learning the technique of the pedals, well, I was fascinated with that. And uh, after one semester, he said, okay, let's go over and play some on that organ. And I became best friends with the music director there. Um, Bernie Gaster was his name. And later he became a professor at Concordia. And I would literally spend two hours a day uh, between classes or after classes. I did that for like six years, honing my skill and learning the big concert pieces on the organ. And And I can remember being introduced, I bought a CD in a Concordia bookstore of an organist I'd never heard of, but it was him improvisation. And well, I'd never heard of, of this guy in my life. And I started listening to these improvisations he was doing. And I thought, now I can do I can do exactly that. And I would listen to his stuff on how he would, you know, begin to build a piece and then he'd play the melody and the pedals or in the left hand the solo. And I thought, I can do that. And uh, but my style was nothing like Paul Mons's. But his CDs inspired me to 
begin to create improvisations on the on the organ. And so that's a whole different style of improvisation. But I suppose really the credit goes to the Holy Spirit because I could play, I believe I can truly play every hymn in our hymnals without ever opening the hymnal. Um, unless it's a hymn I've never heard, which there are still some that I've never heard. Um, there are some that I would never play because they're, I don't, well, I just don't care for them, but um, I, I, I didn't memorize them. I've played them and they're just, you know, they're just there. They're just in me. And you have a, a new album, a new CD of uh, wonderful uh, piano pieces that we're going to share in just a little bit here on The Coffee Hour. We're going to share some selections from that. I want to talk about that when we come back. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. We're talking with Bobby Schrader, pianist and uh, church musician, director of music ministry at St. John's Lutheran Church in Arnold, Missouri. We have more to share in just a moment. I'm Eddie Bates. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. Sarah is out today, but she'll be back with us soon. Today we're talking with Bobby Schrader, pianist, church musician, director of music ministry at St. John's Lutheran Church in Arnold, and a new album out, uh, some some great new music uh, that uh, we're going to share with you It's just a little bit here. Tell us, before we get into the, the new music, Bobby, what is the aim of your music when you record a new album um, or, or when you record any music? What's the aim of that? Andy, I suppose more than anything, it's it's just to give the listener um, a feel of what the story of that hymn uh, the lyrics of the hymn really takes you on a journey. If, if When you're singing hymns in worship on Sunday mornings, they're really not just, here's a verse, here's another verse, here's a verse. But every hymn tells a story from God's creation to God saving us through Jesus Christ, through his resurrection, through his crucifixion. Our church here is so beautifully uh, designed for us from Advent. I mean, every... I love our hymns and I love the lyrics that they tell. And I mean, like if I were going to name my very, very favorite hymn and I could, I could only do an improvisation of this hymn on the organ uh, is what is the world to me? And if you just open the hymnal and take, read those words about Christ's life for us, his death for us. And then that last verse that, just tells about all the names of Jesus Christ, my Savior. So that's what I want people, most of these hymns people know. I try to choose most of the well-known hymns. I didn't get them all, but I got, I thought a good variety of the church year of hymns, like 
let all mortal flesh keep silent, you know, Advent to stricken smitten, which is, you know, Good Friday. Um, so that's what, you know, I just really want people to experience. It's mostly the church year. I try to get something from, you know, from Pentecost, our uh, Trinity. Um, so that's kind of what my brain thought was. And, and, and then the other thing was reaction in church. I can remember a few months back when I recorded Rock of Ages, I played that for pre-service that day, and I had never played it that way, and I was breaking the tempo, which I love to bend rhythms and all of that. Uh, and the lady came up after me. She said, if you could have just kept playing that for the next hour, I would have just given my life to Christ that I've not already given my life to Christ. I mean, she just, she said, I've never heard anybody play him the way you play him. I said, I come, sometimes I come just to listen to you play. And I said, well, you got to be here for the rest of the service. <laughs> she said, I know that. But she said, music really penetrates my soul in a way nothing else does. And, you know, Martin Luther, his quote about music is the living voice of the gospel. That's always impacted me ever since the first time I heard that. It's the truth because music is the living voice of the gospel. And so that's what I want these hymns to be. I want, the, want them to be the gospel. It's instrumental, but I want it to remind people of all of the years they've sung these hymns in church and how this is part of what is part what is part of their legacy. Now you have in your new album, Hymns of the Heart, which I want to share when we get to near the end of the program today to share some music from that. When In this, you you have um, some beautiful hymns that are very familiar, but some original pieces too, correct? I did put one original, um, it's called Child's Prayer and God Loves Us. Uh, Julie, my wife, and I have written and produced uh, two children's musicals, and then one children's just general songs of CD. And about 900 Lutheran schools have purchased those two musicals and presented them. And two of those uh, hymns were hymns that we wrote. One was a doxological hymn. We wrote that as a teaching hymn to kids called God Loves Us. And that became like a congregational favorite. I mean, I had people say, when can we sing God Loves Us again? So I put it, it's kind of a like a Jesus loves me. And then child's prayer is kind of the same thing. It's a plead, pleading to the Lord, you know, how much we love him and how much we ask for his forgiveness. So those two, I just, I wanted something original put on there. They're very, very hymn-like. Uh, we've written a lot of hymns for kids that became hymns for adults as well. That wasn't our intention, but we'd sing them in church by the kids, and then adults would want to sing them. So we just kind of also did that. When let's talk about the the recording and the the work of going into uh, that goes into creating a new CD. And I know Daniel, you you have certainly worked on this with Bobby quite a bit. Tell us about uh, what it's like, you know the the recording process i know it's it's probably a lot different than a sunday morning when you're leading the congregation in song um what's that like bobby when you sit down to record for a cd so andy about 25 years ago i did 
I produced an instrumental CD, and y'all have played that through the years, some of those pieces. And, and when I recorded that, it was back with a regular recording studio guy came out and set up all the microphones, and he would sit there and push a button. And I mean, I was on. And, well, that was hard to be creative the way I take a piece, because every time I sit down and play, it's going to be different. Well, we produced it, and... It, it did pretty well. I mean, a lot of people buy it. And a lot of people still play it. But Dan, Daniel Burroughs has set me up in other things with how I have court choir rehearsals and stuff. But he bought this little recording device that he could speak about uh, a couple years ago and recorded our Christmas production a year ago. And, and he and I were talking about producing a Helm CD. And he said, I've got just the perfect thing. And he gave me this little recording thing that I would literally sit it, place it under the piano and just push play. Nobody in the sanctuary, just me. And I could stop it, start it, et cetera. And it allowed me just to sit and think about a hymn and push play or doodle with a hymn until I got an idea. And then I would, there it was, I would just push play. And I really didn't know how this journey was going to end. You know, I, I was just starting and I'd get a batch of hymns done and, and over a few weeks and Dan would come and pick it up, a little chip and go back and edit it and, and whatever. He does all that magic to make it whatever you have to do to put it on a CD. <laughs> Dan can speak to that stuff, but it enabled me to use the gift the Lord has given to me in the way that works for me. So I had no pressure. And so I remember one day I sat down to, uh, I started with rock of ages. And when I got done, I went into precious Lord, take my hand. I stopped and I just had this feel of what I could do with that. And that's kind of how they all evolved. And I remastered or re-recorded uh, stricken smitten, which has been that, arrangement 28 or so years ago our senior pastor at Ellisville when I was serving there asked me the week of Holy Week uh, could you play could you do an arrangement of stricken smitten and afflicted at the very end of the service in total darkness and I said probably uh, so I sat down for maybe an hour and what you hear now on that CD is what came and it, you know, Andy, it was just there. Uh, so I don't take credit for that. It just came. But you remember when I said that teacher in fifth grade made that comment one day to me about she would go into her living room every night and play in the dark just in case she lost her sight. Well, I did that when I grew up and got married, we started having kids. I'd go in the living room every night and play the piano in the dark just in case I lost my sight. <laughs> play in the dark and so when he wanted to play stricken this arrangement of i i did we did it in total darkness and when the first time i finished that there was just sobbing going on throughout the congregation and i can remember our senior pastor he gave it a little bit of time because you could just hear people and because you feel the nailing on the cross on that, that hymn. 
and I was requested over and over to play that. And I can remember a, a, a young man that was like 18. He, he was away at college his first year and he missed Good Friday. And he came back on spring break and he said, I miss Good Friday service. Could you possibly play Stricken Smitten for me in the dark uh, one night? And so I said, well, come up here after band rehearsal, like 8.30 on a whatever night it was. And I played it for him. And he just sat there sobbing. And I thought, my goodness, I can't even believe what this hymn has, the impact has had on people. And here was an 18-year-old that today he still talks about, when I see him, he's like 28 now, that I played that for just for him that night in the dark. So... I don't know. It's it's just there, Andy, and I just and this time I wanted to do one new original with uh, "Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence." I I truly love hymns and minor keys because of the power and the emotion hmm. of the music connected with the lyrics. That when the Holy Spirit really inspired our hymn writers um, with lyrics and the music. And uh, today we still have that opportunity to share those. So they continue to go down to generations, those coming behind us. We are just about out of time. And uh, I want to come back to you here. I want to go to to Daniel uh, with some yeah. questions about where to get the CD in just a moment. But while we go to Daniel, think about what song you'd like for us to to play as we close out today and uh, and what you'd like to share about that in just a moment. All right, Daniel, um, share with us, where can we find Hymns of the Heart and other music from Bobby? Uh, Hymns of the Heart uh, and other CDs from Bobby, uh, the best place to go is to go to his website. It's bobbyschrader.com. That's B-O-B-B-Y-S-C-H-R-O-E. Der.com. And on his homepage, you'll find links where you can stream it or download it. He has a music page where you can go and you can also purchase this CD or his uh, other CDs or his musicals as well. BobbySchrader.com. Thank you, Daniel. Now, uh, Bobby, I'd like to close with one of your pieces today, or at least a portion of it. What piece would you like for us to share with the listeners today? Daniel, you have, what's your favorite? Oh, golly, Bobby, I, I think all of them are my favorite. But I'll tell you one that really is just delightful to listen to is, is your Rock of Ages. You talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. And in all of the hymn books, it's in three, four time. You are the only person I know who plays it in four, four time. <laughs> and occasionally slips back to the three four and then back to the four four and it is just delightful how you interweave those so i would say i'd like to hear rock of ages yeah i was going to suggest that or uh come thou fount is probably my most fun one uh, besides i'll fly away uh the two serious ones are too long to do <laughs> in this setting well, we'll share just a clip of Rock of Ages today for our listeners. Bobby, thank you so much for uh, for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Bobby Schrader, Daniel thank Burrow, you. thank you for being our guest on the Coffee Hour. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Andy. I appreciate it. You've been listening to the Coffee Hour. Here's a wonderful selection from Bobby Schrader. I'm Andy Bates. Bates.